God. It's the word of God that I've got to preach now. Eh? Are you ready for the word of God? I'm just going to focus on that one verse in Colossians, although we're going to go through some verses there as well. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 15. I'm going to read it. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Have you ever wondered what kind of celebration took place in heaven after Jesus defeated the devil? Have you ever wondered? Well, it is possible for us to know exactly how heaven celebrated. Because Paul gives us a glimpse into that heavenly gala event that took place in Colossians chapter 2 verse 15. And it says there, and having disarmed or spoiled principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. This verse is one of the great verses of victory in the New Testament. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame as he triumphed over them. Our great captain of host has won the contest. He still wins the contest every time for you and I. He's won the contest. The Bible tells us that he disarmed Satan and his legions. How do you like that? Satan and his legions were disarmed. What does that mean? He stripped them. <laughs> he stripped them of all their powers. He undressed them. He took off all those garments of authority, whatever they had. He just took it off. He stripped them of everything. Have you ever been stripped of something? Stripped of a, maybe a job? Stripped of something great in your life? Now just imagine what happened to the legions of Satan's army. Just imagine what happened that the Lord disarmed them. He undressed them, stripped them, stripped them of their influence, stripped them of their artillery, stripped them of their weapons, and they did not know how to respond. And I want us to realize that. That's what happens. When the enemy looks at each one of us, <laughs> he has no authority. Although he has authority, he has no authority over us as God's children, and we often give him the authority that he doesn't deserve. When Jesus rose from the dead, he thoroughly plundered the enemy. Jesus stripped Satan of his power, his dominion, his reign, serving him notice that he was powerless. Satan, you are powerless. And if you read in Hebrews chapter 2, verses 14 to 15, how he, you know, the hold, whatever power he had, the hold that he had, he was stripped of that. And he was powerless. Not only did Christ strip Satan of his legions of power, but he gave us his power 
to resist, defy, stand firm against Satan when he attacks us. He made a public spectacle of them. The other part of the verse says, in other words, he exposed Satan for who he really is and how he really works. Isn't that wonderful? The Lord exposed him for us. Jesus pulled back the veil and revealed to us the schemes of the enemy and how to conquer him when he attacks us to kill. And what else? Steal and to destroy us. Eh? In John 10.10, 10, he triumphed over us. And when I, or rather over them, when I think of that, he triumphed, I think of a Roman general, you know, marching down the streets ahead of everybody that he conquered. You know, and often they say in Rome, when, it, when, when Rome conquered foreign, uh, foreign territory, they would have this parade and they would parade down the streets and as, they, as, the, as the king paraded down the street, the people would applaud and, and honor the king or the emperor as, as he moved down the street and, and, and it would be an amazing, triumphal procession in Rome. It's like what the Bible says here is that He, our King of Kings, goes ahead of us. He has captured you and I. Has He? has captured us. We are no longer bound and chained to the enemy, but He has captured us and He is leading the way and leading us in triumphal procession according to 2 Corinthians right, 2 verse 14 right, leads us in triumphal procession. Brothers and sisters, that's an amazing thing that happens. I just think of this, how in heaven the angels are rejoicing every time somebody comes to the Lord, every time you and I conquer the enemy. Every time you and I walk in victory, it's like the angels are parading in heaven. Can you imagine that? Eh? Parading in heaven and say another victory for God's child. In triumphal procession. <laughs> That's the meaning of this whole parade. It's not only uh, an earthly parade spoken about here, but a heavenly parade as well. And I thank the Lord that, you know, when we, when we come before him, we, he gives us his mind. And his mind is a victorious mind, not a defeated mind or a defeatist mind. First Corinthians 2 verse 16 speaks about the fact that, you know, the Lord has given us, we have the mind of Christ. That's what it says there. Romans 12 verse 2 speaks, about not being conformed to the patterns of this world, but being transformed by the renewing of our minds. We are not talking about changing your circumstances here this morning, but rather how you perceive your circumstances. And that is why we've entitled the message here this morning, Victim, Victors, Not Victims. 
But we're going to start with the victim before we start with the victor. Hey? The victim has a critical spirit and is judgmental of others. I don't know anybody who is a victim. Have you ever heard anybody who is a victim not being critical, not being judgmental? Have you ever experienced that in your life? If somebody's a victim, somebody else is to blame for it. Isn't it true? They make excuses and all of that. And now their defense mechanism is that of being critical of others and being judgmental of them. And the end verse 16, Paul tells us that we should not allow others to pass unfavorable judgment on us. And I want to say this. How often we allow unfavorable judgment, criticism, and people finding fault with us we allow that to intimidate us. Isn't it true? And when they do that, when they intimidate us, who's the victim then? You or the, them? Be careful. Do not allow them to get you to feel like a victim because you have the victory in Christ. Christ does not condemn Persons who feel victimized are often people who have become negative and developed a strong sense of entitlement. Entitlement. Should have done this for me. They should have considered this. Isn't that true? Entitlement. You know, you know, and, uh, but John, I think it is John 7 verse 24, which said, said, do not judge by appearance. But by making the right judgment. Sometimes we, we only judge by appearance and we don't know why this person is, is doing whatever they are doing. And we still feel entitled to criticize them and to condemn them. them. Isn't it true? And, uh, and we still don't know what is happening in that person's life. And, uh, but any person who is a victim, there's that sense of entitlement. I should have been considered. My feelings should have been considered. Don't you feel like that? I want to say this. Every single one of us here have been a victim at some stage in our lives. Maybe you are a victim right now at this present moment. Victim mentality thinking is evident in how they speak. They will usually take great pains to share their troubles and negativity with you. Isn't it true? I'm a victim. They speak and they, they would refer to their trouble and their, you know, they will talk about their ne- negative experiences and so forth. They will complain about everything that happens to them. Nothing is ever their fault. Oh my goodness, eh? Nothing is ever their fault. How could it, you know, how could that, ever be possible. A victim mentality blames everyone else for what happens in your world. And the amazing thing is, this is where Satan comes in. Satan wants every believer to think that others cause bad things to happen in our lives. Ultimately, he wants you bitter. He wants you unforgiving. He wants you constantly to be upset with things and with people and 
and so forth and so forth. He wants you feeling like you always will be a victim. Is that how you feel this morning? You will never get a fair chance, you say. But you see, the Lord does not want the moment of victimization to become a mindset that affects everything that happens to you in life. He does not want you to spend the rest of your life wearing glasses that shade everything that happens to you. Is that what you are doing? He wants you to have a different mindset. He wants you to have a mindset of an overcomer. I'm asking you, are, are you an overcomer? Or do you have the mindset of a victim here this morning? That's why many people's favorite verse is, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Philippians 4.13 He also wants you to be more than a conqueror through Christ. Romans 8.37 No, in all these things we are more than conquerors in Him who loves us. We are more than conquerors. In all these things, whatever those things are, we are more than conquerors. In fact, we are overwhelming conquerors. Not only conquerors, overwhelming conquerors. More than conquerors. In Him who loves us. He wants you to be free this morning. Free from anger. Free from bitterness. Free from revenge. Free from malice. Oh, that word malice is such a terrible word. It's a word that speaks about being mean. It speaks about spiting others. It's a terrible word. Don't ever practice malice in your life. The Lord wants you to have his mindset this morning. Everyone experiences setbacks, detours, hard times, unmet expectations, broken dreams, and rough patches on the journey of life. But not everyone comes out the same. Are you a victim? Or are you a victor this morning? The choice is yours. The Lord does not want the victimization or hardship you experience to affect your whole life. He wants you free this morning. You can overcome victim mentality. Are you free this morning? This is what this Colossians 2 verse 15 is all about. But secondly, uh, as we think of victim, victim mentality, people are extremely self-centered. They will seldom, if ever, ask you anything about yourself. <laughs> they hold on to every injustice, every hurt, every pain, and they refuse to let go. You know people like that? I'm a victim. They refuse to let go. You're a victim if you refuse to go. But let me put it this way. Solomon said in Ecclesiastes 3 verse 6, there's a time for everything. There's a time limit to everything that happens to us. There's a time frame. A time to search. He says there. A time to give up. A time to keep. 
a time to throw out. There's a time. And whatever you are going through, there's a time frame to that. There's an expiry date to that as well. And sometimes we hold on to it and hold on to it forever and ever. You, you dare not do that. Yes, stuff happened in your childhood. Yes, you got fired. Yes, you suffered a loss. Yes, things happened that you cannot explain. But the Lord wants you to have the mindset that as his child, good things, greater blessings are on the horizon. Some people like being victims. You know that? They like being victims. They love being victims. They love being pam pampered. They love the attention. Isn't it true? Do you know people like that? They love feeling like a victim. <laughs> it's sad when they do that, but some people do. They love being victims, but uh, I challenge you this morning, instead of being a victim, be, be an overcomer. You know, there's one person who really loved being a victim, and that was, yeah, was Saul. Can you remember? He was the king of Israel in First uh, Samuel chapter 13, verses 11. Saul clearly showed a victim mentality. When the Philistines came out to attack Israel, Samuel had not yet arrived. And uh, to, to make an, uh, a sacrifice or an offering, and, and uh, Saul became impatient. And he did what he knew he should not do. He did the wrong thing. He decided to go and make a sacrifice. And when Samuel eventually arrived, what happened? Samuel, the first thing Samuel asked, What have you done, Saul? What have you done? <laughs> And Samuel said, Samuel said to him, let's see what Samuel said there. Samuel said to him, the army was coming to attack us. The soldiers, I'm just using my own words, they were in disarray. And, Sa and Samuel, you were not around. So I felt compelled to take matters in my own hands. And you know what you know what Samuel said further there? He said to him, What a fool you've made of yourself. And I am using my own words. What a fool you've made of yourself. And how many times we've made a fool of ourselves by running ahead when we should have waited. Isn't it true? I'm running ahead. I'm going to do this. I can't wait any longer and we we tread where even angels fear to tread and we say what we shouldn't say we react the way we shouldn't react and that's what happened to to Saul in this case he did something very foolish and then he and and then he blames everybody else but himself and that's what a victim does eh? isn't it true 
It's not my fault. <laughs> Saul said, I am a victim of my circumstances. Are you a victim of your circumstances this morning? No matter what your circumstances are, you can turn it around. You can make the difference there. You can be the difference in the midst of whatever your circumstances are this morning. And then the third thing here, can we move on? The contrast, let's just look at the contrast between a victim and the victorious mindset. Just look at yourself this morning as we mentioned these things. The victim believes the whole world is against them. Do you know people like that? Do you feel like that at times? I'm sure you felt like that sometimes, eh? The victor believes the whole world needs them. Isn't it wonderful? The victor believes the whole world needs them. That's a different mindset, eh? I can make a difference in this world. I can be the change agent in the lives of others. Yeah, that's the amazing thing about a victim, eh? The victim sees a challenge as an obstacle. The victor sees an obstacle as an opportunity. Isn't it wonderful, eh? As an opportunity, rather than repeatedly asking yourself, why? That's what the victim asks, why? You ask, what? What is the hidden opportunity within the situation? Have you ever asked yourself that? You look at the situation, you don't understand it. But what is the hidden opportunity in the situation? What? Is the Lord going to do in this situation? Stuff at times, eh? When we find ourselves being attacked and always being attacked, but always ask yourself, what is the hidden opportunity within this situation? What can the Lord do? And the Lord can do something. The victim blames others for their failure. The victor takes personal responsibility to overcome failure. Do you take personal responsibility this morning? You, you have to stop blaming and feeling sorry for yourself and take responsibility for your life, my brother, my sister. You have to begin to think, how can I advance out of this? I always, when I, when I think of that word advance, I think of the Apostle Paul. You know, when we read in Philippians 1, verses 12 to 4, think of the Apostle Paul, he was in this prison. You know, it was a damp, dark, gloomy prison cell that he found himself in. But you know what? The Apostle Paul looked at the, that situation and he said, there in those verses, this happened in order for me to advance the gospel. What has happened in your life in order for you to make a difference, to advance the name of Christ wherever you find yourself this morning? You see, the gospel is about taking responsibility. Romans 14 verse 12 says, so then each of us will give account of himself to the Lord. You've got to be accountable, my brother, my sister. Each of us will give an account one day before the Lord the way we have lived. The victim feels like everybody owes them something. 
Are you, do you feel like that? The victory leaves nobody owes them anything. I want to say this. No matter what you have done for someone, no matter how you've supported them, no matter how you've been a blessing to them, they still don't owe you anything. I'm a pastor for more than 30 years. I've invested in many people's lives. But you know what? They don't owe me anything. They don't owe me anything. Sometimes people, when they do good and they bless you, they expect something in return. That's ungodly thinking. When I give, I give unconditionally. When I bless someone, I bless them unconditionally. Whether they say thank you to me or not, it's not the issue. I bless them anyhow. That's because of what Christ has done for me and what he means to me. Christ means much more to me than anything, anything that I even, from a human perspective, think I've done that is good. Nobody owes us anything. Brother and sister, remember that. You know, I know I've been, I've been in situations where people have blessed me and people have done something and I, I, I was blessed when they did it, but then they reminded me, can you remember? Ah, it's payback time now, Alan. That's a sad day. That's a sad day when believers do that. Isn't it true? The victim feels like everybody owes them. I say it again, but the victim believes nobody owes them. When you hold resentment, that's a thing, and that's what happens when somebody owes you. That's how you feel. You hold resentment toward them. But when you hold resentment toward them, you are bound to that person or that condition by an emotional link that is stronger than steel. I'm not going to say stronger than death. Stronger than steel. Forgiveness is the only way to dissolve that link and get free. As long as you do not forgive someone, you are linked to that person. When you forgive, you do not only release, only release the other person, you set yourself free. Did you hear that? Hey, that's great. It's great to set yourself free. Because then you are free. You're not in bondage. You're not bound. The victim is always fighting for their rights. The victor lives to champion the rights of others. Are you doing that this morning? The victim spreads a negative attitude to others. The victor spreads a positive, godly attitude toward others. The victim is never satisfied and always looking for something more. The victor is grateful for for what the Lord has already done and they build on that and they grow more and more in Christ-likeness or into Christ-likeness. How about you and I this morning? Are we victims 
Or are we rather victims? I said, are we, uh, are we victims or are we, are we victors this morning? And then finally uh, this morning, the benefits of a victorious mindset. Now it speaks there about, in, in verse 20, about how Christ through his death conquered everything. Or basically that. In view of Christ's victory over his enemies, we should not be controlled by those powers and practices over which God has already triumphed. And this is what the Apostle Paul was trying to say to those Christians, in, in the, those Colossian Christians. Paul warns the believers in Colossae not to let others bind them to regulations from which Christ has already freed them. Paul says Jesus is central. Is Jesus central this morning in your life? Not rules and regulations, but Jesus is central. Not experiences, just Jesus. Just Jesus. Those who turn believers from the reality in Christ. And this is what those believers, those people in Colossae did. They tried to turn the believers from the reality in Christ to the shadow of the law. You can read about that. The law is just a shadow. The shadow of the law. They exclude, rob, and disqualify themselves. And they can guard yourself because it can disqualify you as well from the price. And what do we, what do we mean by that? That verse there, it speaks about the price. From the price. From unlimited benefits and resources we possess in the Lord. I hope you're still following me. Are you still with me? Am I too long? Huh? <laughs> Did somebody say yes? <laughs> yeah. How many, I ask you this morning, how many have you deprived of an authentic real relationship with Jesus by turning them against him due to a shallow, superficial walk with him. Second Timothy 3 verse 5 speaks, it says about they, they have a form of godliness, but they deny its power. She's True spirituality is not compliance to the laws and the shadows of life, but by connecting with Jesus. Connect with Jesus today. Connect with him. He is the most important one here today. Without a vital connection to Christ, we cannot grow. We cannot advance at all. Our supreme example of someone who was victimized, and this is where we're going to conclude this morning. Yes, our supreme example of someone who was victimized but overcame a victim mentality is Jesus. Can you remember they plugged out his beard? They spat upon him. They offered him vinegar to drink. They mocked his kingship. They put a crown of thorns on his head. They hung him to a cross. Yet Jesus was completely innocent. If anyone had a right to have a victim mentality, it is Jesus. Can you imagine how much differently we would look at Christ 
if he had been constantly complaining about his ill treatment, can you imagine if he came out of the grave vowing vengeance? Can you imagine if after his resurrection he walked around feeling sorry for himself? But instead we see Christ at his lowest moment refusing to let his critics, accusers and murderers bring him down. You can read that in 1 Peter chapter 2 verses 22 to 23. In fact, even while they were crucifying him, what did he say? He said, Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. Yes, he shows us how to love out being a victor, Jesus Christ. See, Jesus, that is the, the benefit that we have here, is that Jesus is superior in his nature. He is fully man and he is fully God. Jesus is superior as provider. There is no lack in Jesus. He fully supplies all that we need pertaining to life and godliness, according to 2 Peter 1, verses 3 to 4. We are adopted into his family, John chapter 1, verse 12, we all know that as many as received him and believed in his name, he gave the right to be called children of God. Very popular verse. We call him Abba, Romans 5, or rather 8 verse 15. And we can come before his throne of grace with confidence, according to Hebrews 4 verse 16. No other philosophy or religious system has that kind of guarantee package that we have in Jesus Christ. We have all of Jesus available to us all the time. Even Jesus' position is superior to any other person or ruler's position. He is the architect. We heard it in a previous sermon. The creator, the possessor and sustainer of all creation. He is above all rule and power and authority this morning. I challenge you this morning, break out of that mentality you have to give up too soon. To give up on the benefits that we have. In Christ, sometimes in life, you will have to face the pain and deal with it. Be a victor, not a victim. Amen. Father, thank you. You want us to be a victor and not a victim. Bless us now, Lord, and thank you for your example. We honor you, Lord, and we worship you. You are awesome. Amen.